What is up, everybody out there in the interwebs? What's going on, everybody? This is Rob Goodwin. And uh, I had actually planned on doing a podcast today with a guest in the house. We're going to have a buddy of mine in the studio here in the bunker with me. And um, because of a certain turn of events, that was not able to happen. So you just get me. And I'm sure you are probably tired of it just being me, but uh, me is what you get because uh, I decided I was going to check in today and talk about something, whether my in-studio guest was here or not, and uh, that not occurred, so I am here flying solo. It's actually me and Yoda um, here. I've got a about a 10-inch... Yoda action figure thing here on my desk with me. So he's going to keep me company as we shoot the shit for just a little bit on this podcast. What the hell episode is it? Let me pull up my phone here and find out uh, what this impromptu, no plans, have no freaking idea what I'm going to talk about episode is. It would be 35. And it it is 35 because literally... 21 minutes ago, no, not 21 minutes ago, um, more like two hours ago, uh, I released episode 34, which is entitled Carnivore Update Plus Fruit on a Carnivore Diet? Question mark. That was an attempt to create intrigue so that you would tune in and listen to it when... Actually, when I did that, I did a video for YouTube yesterday in, uh, uh, of the same name. It was a, a video, and so I decided to throw up the audio version for all you wonderful people out there. And uh, that's what episode 34 is. It's basically an update of my carnivore journey. I explained in that um, episode that I had since retiring from competitive bodybuilding and uh, evolving, if you will, into a more of a strict <clears throat> carnivore diet. And uh, it's, it's actually the, the technical definition is hyper carnivore. Somebody tried to correct me on that in my YouTube comments. Um, but what that means is, and it made sense, the comment made sense. And the comment was something to the effect of wouldn't it be hypo carnivore since it's not 100% carnivore. Well, I, I'm just using, just to be clear for clarification purposes when discussing the matter with people, that a hyper carnivore diet, by definition, if you look up the actual term, you get a legitimate definition that a hyper carnivore diet is one in which a minimum of 70% of your food intake is coming from animal-based sources, i.e. meat, eggs, etc. So my diet these days, at least for the past few months, that I've been quietly, you know, evolving into a true hyper carnivore. Um, it's probably been closer to ninety some percent. If you're if you're going by the definition of hyper carnivore, what would be the non carnivore foods? Uh, you may ask. Well, that would be exclusively, I believe. I'm, I'm trying to think back. No, there's two other examples. Over the last three or so months, um, I decided to go intuitive with my eating, and it wound up being a carnivore diet, which I've kind of been doing for years, except for the fact when I mixed in some uh, pre-workout carbohydrates or moved, uh, you know, worked in the carbohydrates around my workouts or training, and then I would do occasional refeeds. That's when I was in a contest prep. Um, now that my supreme focus is away from the aesthetic and now it's synergistically all things super healthy, super fit, super lean, um, you know, focus on longevity, all these things, it is focused, it, it has turned into uh, a hyper carnivore diet to where I'm making sure that I'm getting adequate nutrition, adequate calories uh, to always generate a proper hormonal balance and response in my body. And I may have mentioned this in the in the previous episode, so I don't want to run the risk of completely repeating myself and doing the same episode twice, but um, just kind of getting you caught up. So that's where I landed 
And I kind of, uh, you know, Put, I take a lot of notes. I do a lot of research. Um, I speak to a lot of people on the topic. I apply it to my life. I apply it to willing clients or clients who have a desire to do this stuff. And I felt like I was uh, in a position to, you know, really put my foot down on the gas and start uh, working it into um, a coaching program which was always my goal uh, wherever I landed with this was to be able to reach out and, and help others because now that I am retired from competition, everything that I do, I want to be an extension of what I do as a coach. So I realized that uh, I will not appeal to everyone out there, but you know, I've been wading through, you know, neck deep water in the ketogenic community for many, many years now. And now that my goal is not purely aesthetic looking ridiculously lean, fit, jacked, ripped to achieve a certain aesthetic to be on stage. Um, that has, you know, that methodology has evolved and morphed into what I think is the apex the pinnacle of a ketogenic diet, which is a carnivore diet. It's going to be very difficult to not be in regular bouts of ketosis while eating a carnivore diet. And if you know anything about me, you will know that being in ketosis is not always the goal. Ketosis is a metabolic state. It is not a miracle. It's not a fat loss miracle. It's not like once you reach ketosis, you will somehow get rid of body fat considerably faster than if you were not in ketosis. You know, there is to a degree a lot of truth in the fact that it is energy balance. And these days I refrain from using the term calories because the, the further and deeper I travel down this path and the more I learn and the more I use rational, logical thinking as well as what some of the literature says that I feel like has been um, done in an ethical, legitimate manner that's not being subservient to some group or organization that is funding it to try to, you know, influence a certain outcome to increase par profit margins, which a lot of that happens. And I also will almost always completely ignore any epidemiological studies, which is, you know, just more opinion based, really, when you come down to it than what actually happens in the quote, research. So Anyway, uh, I digress on that. So I'm not a real big fan of really talking about pinpoint caloric intake or caloric output because it is truly so hard to measure properly that no one can, I, can actually, I think, do it properly and know exactly where they are. There are way too many variables involved and I've got copious notes and uh, information on that that's probably going to be its own separate podcast. And I have a couple brilliant uh, people in the carnivore ketogenic landscape that are sort of paving the way with a lot of this information that would be, I would be better served by having them on my podcast, uh, something we can discuss so we can get their expertise. And then I can hopefully help uh, whittle it down and make it understandable to the masses. So that'll be another goal of mine. But um, Anyway, um, a carnivore diet is where I've landed and there's a lot of response and I'm already out of the gate working some people with a new subscription-based carnivore coaching program, um, which is available at robgoodwin.com. Check that out if you have any interest and that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, so these days, uh, that's where my head's at. And over the past three months, um, what I like about this is is it does have a considerable noticeable effect on health longevity via a hormonal balance slash response. And what I mean by that is, is when you engage, if you engage properly in a competition style cut or prep, and you get into a steep energy deficit, where you feel very confident that you are expending more energy than you are consuming, 
that can definitely be uh, bring fruit in terms of helping you reduce body fat and get lean. But there's also a point of diminishing returns in that where you can suffer a hormonal dysregulation and things literally start to shut down. I've experienced this. I've had clients experience this. And there are people out there that are going to throw what they think is the bullshit flag when I tell people that I have had people who have been in an energy deficit for a considerable amount of time and got to a point where their bodies locked down, hunkered down, shut off the metabolic machinery and the mechanisms that are involved in helping them lose body fat. And all of a sudden the reduction of said body fat became a struggle. And I know this intimately because I've got clients who are close personal friends, as well as clients who are family members that I know for an absolute fact, 100% that they were compliant in that energy deficit and still had a terrible time making the changes that they tried to make. Enter a carnivore diet or a, you know, even if it's not true carnivore, a carnivore style ketogenic diet, I've had these same people where I've introduced more energy into the equation via fat and protein from animal-based sources. And by increasing the amount of energy we brought in, their bodies responded by making the positive shift into further reduction of body fat. In other words, things started rolling again after things being shut down. I don't want to keep beating a dead horse, but in my own experience, when I did two shows back to back, which was probably a mistake, uh, coupled with the fact that I made some mistakes by really jumping into the more is better mindset, which is something I tell everyone not to do. And uh, I witnessed my own body locking itself down and refusing to drop any more or shed any more body fat when I got to a extreme um, energy deficit or caloric deficit, if, if that makes you feel more comfortable, if that term makes you feel more comfortable. So I've got people that I work with that are consuming a lot of food, including myself, coming from fat and protein sources exclusively or animal-based sources exclusively that are seeing a very positive benefit in a body composition shift without necessarily dropping into a large energy deficit. Now, the other opposite is true. I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that you can eat anything you want and nothing bad is going to happen. That's bullshit. If you consume far more energy than your body needs, um, there will be a point where the body will save that uh, unused energy in the way of additional body fat. But I can tell you this, there is a significant difference in the type of energy you consume. You have to understand the mechanism of the way you know protein is burned and absorbed and how it's utilized in the system. The fact that protein is unlikely to store as body fat. It has a high thermic effect. And, um, but at the same time, you wouldn't wanna take in too much. Um, but too much in my world is a considerable amount. So I like to be somewhere in the area of 40% dietary animal slash dairy protein uh, nearly every day of the week. And these days my dietary fat consumption is somewhere in the, you know, high fifties, like 58% range from exclusively animal based sources. And that small, uh, amount might come from a scant amount of carbohydrate. And that's usually coming from maybe like a handful of low sugar fruit, like berries, raspberries, blueberries, strawberries, maybe, you know, dropped into, you know, a cup of high fat, plain Greek yogurt. So that might represent a couple percentage points of my total macros uh, for the day. And uh, so that does qualify heavily as a animal-based carnivore or hyper carnivore diet. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at these days. So the positives are 
I have taken control of myself hormonally. I'm not putting myself in that extreme cut for an extended time and then going to the point of diminishing returns where the body will start to rebel and uh, not work in a manner that is conducive to being not only lean and uh, giving yourself the body level of body composition that you are desiring, but also being able to thrive and have great hormonal balance and feel great and perform great and sleep great and move great and at the same time, you feel confident that, uh, you know, getting your blood work done is not going to raise any eyebrows from your physician or whoever is reviewing that blood work. So that's where I am now. Now, to be very clear, if the goal is to achieve an extreme physique, one that may be lower digits body fat than you know sub 10% for men i feel that i and many people would corroborate this opinion that i was probably in the 4 to 5% range when i competed in 2021 and was able to win my class at uh, the shows that i did and i can also tell you that there is no way hell on earth I could sustain that way of living for any longer than just a few weeks weeks not months weeks and I was so wrecked so destroyed so physically just nuked that uh, I couldn't wait for the day that the competition was over so I could then put enough energy into my body to, you know, sort of recomp, not, you know, only, you know, function uh, of my brain and, and just being able to be a functional human being cognitively, but also re-stimulate and regenerate my hormones to a level that had me functioning in all phases of life optimally with what I did. So there is a trade-off. I mean, you see these people in in the space, you know, in the fitness space that are walking around shredded, vascular, you know, sub 10% body fat men and maybe say like sub 14% or sub 12% for women. And they will give you the illusion that they are living this way year around. And that is not the case. You would have to be a freak genetic outlier to be living your life uh, five, you know, four, five, six percent body fat year round and not suffer hormonal consequences from that. I've had clients, you know, I'm not going to lie that we, you know, admittedly probably kept in a energy deficit too long and it affected them negatively and pulled them out, brought them out of that energy deficit, took them uh a little higher with the amount of energy they were taking in, brought in, you know, brought up the level of dietary fat, went through a period of hormonal adjustment and pulled them out of that and gave them that good long diet break that they needed. And that seemed to be what was needed. And that did the trick to make them feel significantly better. So, you know, it is, it's not uncommon for even coaches to keep a client into a severe energy deficit for too long because, you know, we all want those results. We all want the client to be happy with the level that they achieve. Sometimes we can even overlook the duration of what we're doing. And, uh, you know, we have to learn to when to, you know, pull the plug uh, and, you know, shut things down for a little while to regain. That's why when a competitor finishes a competition, a physique competition, where they have to take themselves to that almost dangerous level of consumption of nutrients that, you know, the most important thing that we do apart from getting them to their goal for whatever that event is, is to them systematically bring them back out of that to a level where they can start generating proper hormonal balance again and uh, basically get back to somewhat, you know, normal operating machinery. So that's an, that's always a, a, a tricky thing to navigate when you're working with somebody um, that is trying to achieve a freakish physique. So what that means for me is, is I have to understand 
that the place that I'm in now at, in my life, and I'm, I'm not getting any younger, none of us are, is I have to find some, what's the word am I looking for? I have to find some, you know, balance for sure. Uh, in, in what I'm doing in my approach to being synergistically the best human being that I can possibly be and finding that place of where you are teetering in this, you know, little, little like this fine, almost like balancing act, like you're on a, like you're on a tightrope of, you know, if I move a little to the left, I fall. And if I move a little to the right, I fall finding that perfect balance to be able to navigate down that tightrope over that, you know, chasm that if you, you know, went too far in any direction, you're going to drop to your death. You know, that is a game that, that I play with myself and with my clientele on a daily basis. So what does that look like for me now? And what would that look like for somebody who came to me now and, and many have recently and said, I want to find that place that at my age, no matter where I am in my life, I know that I'm walking that specific tightrope to being not only strong, but I'm also have some cardiovascular fitness. I'm not just, I'm not only super lean, but I'm also metabolically healthy and have my optimum hormonal fitness as well. Cognitively, I'm in my best place. And that thing that many of us, you know, keep putting off is if I get my blood work today, how is my triglycerides going to be relative to my HDL? And, you know, what's my vitamin D and what's my testosterone and what's, what's my estrogen? What's my T3? What's my, what's my thyroid look like? Is everything going to be stellar? You know, you can go too far to the left or too far to the right of that, you know, metabolic tightrope that you're walking in your program and, uh, you know, get stuck in the weeds somewhere where one of the aspects of those things I just mentioned isn't quite where it needs to be and not on point because it comes back to balance. The best example I can give is what I just got done chiming on and on about to for I know guys and unfortunately in the culture we live in we're all guilty of it, including myself as old as I am. And as long as I've been doing this, we want to look great. We all want to look great. We all want to be the best version of ourselves that we can be. And that's aesthetically. That's how we feel. That's how we perform everything. But too much of anything is bad. Too lean is bad. Too fat is obviously bad. Too much of anything can be bad. It was the great Arthur Jones who once said too much of anything is bad except money and pretty girls. <laughs> so, but he was a character. Um, so obviously it's finding that balance and being able to easily walk down that tightrope, knowing that uh, if I go too far to the left, I fall. And if I go too far to the right, I fall. So where do I land? So that's been sort of the, the big question for me is, is every day, and I've said this in a previous podcast, every day is day one. So every day is a constant evaluation of a mental checklist of, okay, I wake up, usually for me that's 4, 4.30 a.m. every day, sometimes 3.30, depending on my, who my first client is and what time they are and what day of the week it is. So I immediately begin with my mental checklist of how, how do I feel upon waking? How do, you know, how clear head do I feel? How much energy do I have waking this morning? Did I get enough restful sleep? Did I dream? Did I have vivid dreams? That's another good sign of good sleep and good health is vivid dreams. As I start to get ready for my day, you know, what is my mental clarity? What's on my mind? What are my goals for the day? How is my mental capacity? When I get to work, how energetic do I feel? How am I feeling engaging with my clients? How well is my, you know, recall of the things that I want to do, the things that I have planned? As I go into my workouts, 
How long does it take me to catch the groove of my workout? How energized am I? Am I able to give it everything that I have? Am I in a mindset to where I want to perform at the highest level and give it everything that I have? How's my appetite? Am I craving anything I shouldn't be craving? And then in terms of the ultimate goal, what does that look like? You know, I've recently hit 200 pounds. I haven't been 200 pounds since 2014. When I competed in 2015, I think on stage I was 206 pounds. Well, right now I just hit 200 pounds and I'm lean. You know, I'm, I'm definitely in that 10, 12% ballpark in terms of leanness. And for a 50, nearly 54 year old man, I can't complain about being 10 to 12% body fat at, at 200 pounds. And I feel like my performance is getting close to collectively being as good as it's, as it's ever been. Now, there have been times when I was bodybuilding, competitive bodybuilding, where obviously my strength was considerably better than my cardiovascular endurance. And then I would go through a period where I was doing some more cardio in the prep when it you know called for it in order to help get some conditioning and you know drop body fat where it started to even the odds a little bit. But I always, obviously, because I was a competitive bodybuilder, the strength and muscularity thing was always, it was always heavily weighted into that favor. So now, you know, to be of ultimate health, of ultimate vitality, to, to have an extreme level of fitness, to feel great, to look great, to perform great, to have great cognitive function, to sleep well, to wake energized, to be the best version that I can possibly be of myself. So if called upon to complete any task at any time, I'm able to fulfill that. I still want to be among the 1% of my age group. In other words, if you were to walk out into my community or any community, any community, and randomly pick 100 men over 50, let's say 54, I would certainly hope, and this is nothing about vanity or narcissism, it's about knowing that I'm on point to be where I want to be and, and having a sense of pride of that. If you were to line up those 154-year-old men, I would certainly hope, for God's sake, that I would be easily picked out of the lineup, out of the lineup for being the oddball, <laughs> you know, the, the glaring exception to the people in that group. And I'm talking about, you know, certainly from the neck down, <laughs> obviously. Um, that's still my goal. And, and I think that should be anybody's goal. And I've got those clients and I use that analogy that I use that example many, many times. I have a client that comes in to my gym, you know, three mornings a week. His name's Jack. Jack is nearly 70. Jack crushes every workout that I throw at him. And it's not that I'm giving him easy workouts. Nearly every time Jack comes in, he's getting the same style of workout that a 30-year-old would get. Jack crushes it every time. And oftentimes, sometimes my, my workouts go into rounds. You do this series of movement you know, this many times, this many reps, and that's round one. And then you may get 90 seconds rest, and then there's a round two. There are times when Jack gets four or five rounds. When other clients half his age may get two or three. Jack also, you know, walks three miles a day. Jack takes care of himself in any way. He's active. He's got a great mental outlook on life. He's successful. And I remind Jack on a very regular basis because if I don't remind him, he won't really even think about it. That if you lined up 170 year olds that you randomly chose from the community, any community, that Jack would be a glaring standout. He would be the exception in that group. 
So that's one thing that's always a part of my goals. I want to be the exception in everything that I do. But it's very humbling to be in that exception because everything that I do is, yes, I, I want to be the best person I possibly can. But what is the extension of that? Well, the extension of that is it makes me a far better husband. It makes me a far better father. And these days, a far better grandfather to be able to run around with a crazy four-year-old grandson. To be able to handle anything that were to come my way, whether it be fight or flight, any situation that crosses my path or engages me, that I can go after that situation with everything I have and ultimately be successful, successful because I have turned every stone over looking for every possible advantage to being the fittest, healthiest human being that I could possibly be. What does this, what does this have to do with carnivore? What does this have to do with ketogenic diets? What does this have to do with ketogenic bodybuilding? All this stuff that I do. Well, it means people, obviously I truly feel after doing this as a coach trainer for 30 years, and not all, not all 30 years that I've been a coach and a trainer have I recommended this style of living, this, this primal ancestral health ketogenic carnivore lifestyle, hyper primal as I like to call it these days. I truly feel that a carnivore or hyper carnivore diet is the species appropriate way of eating for human beings. It's the species-specific, species-appropriate diet for human beings in terms of optimal health, optimal performance, optimal body composition, optimal mental acuity, provided it is properly dialed in and constructed and pieced together into a workable program that is doable. I have two clients that I actually showcased in the ketogenic bodybuilding Facebook group today. I threw up this meme, if you will. And I did it to make a point for sure. And also because I'm ridiculously proud of these two individuals. My client, Kevin. Um, I've known Kevin for, gosh, I've known Kevin since 2010. So 12 years. And Kevin worked with me a little bit in the past, then fell away, as sometimes people do, and came back to me just a hair over two months ago and said he was done. He was done. He was ready to make a change. And this time, he would do whatever I told him to do. I said, okay. And I believed him because, man, you could see it on his face. And, and he needed it. He was metabolically broken. He'd had some health problems. He'd had some few stints in the hospital, getting some things worked on that were a result of his poor lifestyle and poor metabolic health. I also have a client, his name is Jody. Jody is also in his early 50s. I think he's the same age as me, he's 53. He came in tipping the scales a little over 300 pounds. And he said he was finally done and at the behest of his wife, he knew he had to make a change and they had heard about me. And he would do whatever I told him to do. So many times people come to me and say, I'll do whatever you'd want me to do. You know how many times people actually do <laughs> whatever I want them to do? They might do it for a couple of weeks, then that's the end of it. But um, that, that also is for another day. Um, so both Kevin and Jody lost roughly 40 pounds in right at two months time, six, roughly 60 days. I think one, it was in like, did us check in at like 58 days and one did it right at 60 days. Kevin is down 40 pounds with a obvious increase in lean muscle mass. Jody as well, down 37, almost 38 pounds in just 60 days time. Now, one could argue, oh, well, that's just water, da-da-da, and I'm sure to some degree that's true. But I'm telling you, these guys work their asses off, and because of the way they trained, because of the way they dieted, I can tell you that it's not just a reduction in water because neither one of these guys are really in a massive energy deficit. 
So both of them said, what do I need to do? I'll do anything. And of course, I always take that with a grain of salt. But I said, okay, I'm going to give you my current 100% version because this is literally what I am doing. And it's working great for me. And I see it working for me for many, many years. In fact, I plan to do this for the rest of my life until something glaringly obvious enters into the mix. And I said, I want you to train with me three to four days a week doing high intensity strength training, high intensity hyper hypertrophy driven strength training, high intensity training, HIT. Their workouts are no longer than 30 minutes, but we go after it with everything they have at least at least their final set of any exercise is always to failure. And we incorporate a lot of things like pre-exhaust supersets, rest pause sets, cluster sets, drop sets, supersets of different varying types, negatives, things of that nature, all the high intensity things that really will crush your soul. And we do that for 30 minutes. And I said, I want you to do cardio just four days a week. And it just needs to be walking. There's no reason to run. There's no reason to do this outrageous cardio up in some gray zone that's not going to do you a whole lot of good. Um, and they both did that. Kevin, in fact, took my advice and he started rucking. And that's simply walking with a weighted pack, something that I do nearly you know, four or five days a week. I, every cardio session I've done for the last four months has been with a rucksack on. And I just love that. I love the intensity of that. I love the strength factor of that. And I also believe that uh, from an ancestral health standpoint, you know, our leanest, most fittest ancestors on the fossil record walked in some cases, depending on the geographical area, depending on the tribe, would walk 15 to 20 miles a day in search for what? In search for food. They weren't out hunting broccoli. They were looking for animals, animal meat, fatty meat, nose to tail, don't waste a single bone. And I know this from people that I know who go elk hunting and deer hunting and, and things of that nature, that uh, you're oftentimes have to clean that very large animal and uh, go through the process of carrying that animal back to camp. And, you know, our ancestors carried weight. They carried weight with them on hunts. They carried large sections of heavy, you know, animal back to camp, sometimes for miles at a time. And so carrying heavy loads has always been a part of the human, you know, the, the human lifestyle throughout that hundreds of thousands of years. This is, this can't be argued. So I like the fact that I, I go out and do my cardio with under heavy loads. And I think I can, I have definitely known or seen a major difference in my ability to carry heavy loads distances. And that's only served me extremely well. I feel like a different human being just walking around because of doing these cardio respiratory sessions with a heavy pack on. But that, you know, I'm getting off in the weeds again. Back to Kevin and Jody. So Kevin started doing the rucking. He bought a rucksack through GoRuck that I recommended, the same one I have. And uh, Jody's just doing his cardio. He likes to go you know, walk in the mornings, and that's great. Sometimes he'll come in my gym early and do a little bit on the treadmill or the elliptical. That's fine. But then he crushes his 30-minute high-intensity workout. And what do you think I told both of these gentlemen to do in terms of their dietary protocol? I said, hey, have you ever thought about going carnivore? It only took five minutes of explaining this to Kevin and Jody for them to say, well, that sounds freaking amazing. You mean I can just eat steak and eggs and, you know, pork ribs and, you know, fish and shellfish and shrimp and scallops. And I don't have to sit there and eat mounds of broccoli and, you know, all this shit. I'm like, yeah, like, well, shit, I'm in. So I gave them both my food list. What's my food list? I have a blog. It's called Hyper Primal hyperprimal.com go to that blog I'm going to be updating it shortly with blog posts but on that website is my personal carnivore food list that I follow it's free to download so download that and check it out tell me what you think it's like a big infographic slash list so anyway 
I gave them both the list and I said, here, here's the deal. You choose foods from this list. I want you to eat when you're hungry and stop when you feel satisfied and move on and then go about your day, stay active, stay upright. And then when you're hungry again, eat more foods off this list. I also told them that when I consume a carnivore diet, since the overwhelming majority, for me, even 90% is coming from meat and eggs, I tell them I like to have 70% roughly of that to come from red meat sources. And then the other 30%, a combination of other meat sources, poultry, fish, shellfish, pork, things of that nature. But I want to make sure that I'm primarily getting my nutrition through red meat, which is super nutrient dense, has everything you need to be a highly functional, healthy human being. Nothing else is required. So ground beef, steak, eggs, some fish, some poultry, some shellfish, some pork. And even because I live in North Carolina and I know hunters, I do get a decent amount of game meats uh, sort of given to me by a very, very generous friends and clients, which I always highly appreciate. So I've got some really good local deer meat in the freezer that I thaw out and eat on a very regular basis. So I told them to eat like that with their meat choices and not to worry about tracking until there became a point where I felt like we needed to do it because something wasn't clicking properly. Now, when I coach people, I usually have them track everything they eat for the first week. Now, these are, these are online people because I don't know them intimately like I know my in-the-gym clients. So I'll say track everything for a week or so, and then we'll evaluate that, and then we'll make some adjustments, but still keeping with these foods, if that makes sense. So Kevin and Jody started eating in this manner, exactly the way I told them to eat. And I said, for the first 30 days especially, you cannot cheat. You cannot cheat. It's got to be on this list as outlined on this list. No refeeds. No, you know, significant amount of carbohydrates around training. We have got to make a wholesale change within your physiology. And the other thing is, and I tell my coaching clients this who are doing my tier one nutrition carnivore program subscription, I tell them, you've got to ease into this. So I told them to, you know, whatever amount of vegetable matter they were eating, carbohydrate matter right now, initially cut it in half. If it's a lot, maybe cut it, cut it by a third. And then maybe the following week, cut it a little more. And maybe the following week, cut it a little more. Because you have to do this to let your gut microbiome reset. You're going to be making a change in your gut microbiome. That's why you often might hear people say, yeah, I want carnivore. And then for the next two days while I was eating carnivore, you know, I kept shitting myself and I couldn't get out of the bathroom. Why does that happen? It's not because it's a bad diet. It's actually the species appropriate diet for humans and a way that we have survived as a human species for over 350,000 years and well beyond. There's only a very, very short time ago, just a freaking drop in the freaking ocean that we've been doing monocrop agriculture and consuming rancid fucking seed oils and sugar and processed foods and garbage. So how did we thrive as human species for hundreds of thousands of years by the species appropriate diet of an animal based diet? But if you've been eating a standard American diet or a lots of carbohydrate intake, a lots of sugar intake and operating on a glucose metabolism, then your gut microbiome will adjust to that. It will adapt to that. And when you make a change in that gut microbiome, the gut may rebel slightly and say, I don't know what the fuck's going on here. But uh, things get disrupted and you may have some tummy issues for a short period of time. It's normal. And then it will adjust and, and everything becomes perfectly running like a well-oiled machine, literally. 
in a very, very short amount of time. So you got to ease into any new diet. Change, if you have dogs, people have dogs, feed them one kind of a food for a year and then just overnight change their food. Probably gonna have dogs shitting all over the house. I've, I've experienced that. So you have to wean them into the new food if you found something better. I remember years ago, we had a golden retriever, Abby, who's no longer with us. Great dog. But as I was learning these things, as I was into my, you know, coming in, coming out of my hardcore bodybuilding days back in the 90s and coming into a paleo diet at the time, I realized, well, you know, obviously this makes total sense to be eating more of a species appropriate ancestral diet. It would make certainly good sense to do the same thing with my pets that we love who are family to us. So we started putting our dog on a, on a non-grain based, you know, animal based diet for dogs. And we, we had to slowly mix in the new food from the old food, because when we tried to do it as a wholesale immediate change, poor Abby, you know, couldn't control herself on the floor and that's no fun cleaning up on a regular basis. But anyway, so Kevin and Jody began training high intensity. They were sore. They were getting the shit kicked out of them. They were doing their cardio and they didn't always want to do it, but they did it. They both stopped eating fast food. They both switched over to a carnivore diet as specifically outlined on my food list. They did their cardio. I told them they needed to put a great emphasis on sleep, make sure they're getting eight hours a night of quality sleep in a dark, cool room. They did that. I told them they needed to avoid blue light stimulation after sundown. They made great strides in making that correction to a great degree. I told them they needed to get ample, adequate sunlight every single day to boost their vitamin D and to bind with their cholesterol in order to up their testosterone production. And this is good advice for every human being on earth. I just got done telling a new client an hour ago when we were having the discussion about vitamin D and hormones and testosterone that he needed to get out into the sun an hour a day. Some people say, I can't do that. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can find a way. If it's 30 minutes, that's all you can get, then get it. Vitamin D supplementation is okay, but it's not nearly even remotely as good as sunlight on as much exposed skin as humanly possible. I try to get out into the sun for one hour every day, whether it's just like sitting in a chair, just in a pair of shorts in my backyard. And that usually happens immediately after I've already went out on a 40 minute ruck in direct sunlight in the afternoon, getting as much exposure as I possibly can on as many parts of my body as I can. Goes a long way. So both Kevin and Jody did all of these things. They trained their asses off. They did the cardio. They switched to a carnivore diet. The species appropriate diet for humans. And it was roughly at the two week mark, 10 day to two week mark that both of them came in with smiles on their faces and said, this is amazing. I don't crave anything bad anymore. I never thought I would get to a place where I wasn't collapsing into a desperate move and, and ordering the pizza or going through the drive through or grabbing something off of my cupboard shelf that isn't on the list. And both of them found it remarkable that they were no longer craving and how their palates had changed when in the first week they were craving the carbohydrates, they were craving the, the junk food, they were craving the fast food, they were craving the, the sweet things, the salty, savory, hyper palatable shit foods that have destroyed us. And then two weeks in, three weeks in, it was like, now I'm craving steak. Now I'm craving eggs. Now I'm craving, you know, animal-based foods. Jody remarked that he was never a fan of Greek yogurt. 
and now to him Greek yogurt with a small handful of blackberries in it, to him is more satisfying than fucking cake. I get it. Kevin remarked that it was easy to stay out of social situations where people were eating garbage food and hammering just copious amounts of fucking alcohol. He's like, my life has changed. I have become a different person. Both of them are becoming the freak in the room. If you've listened to my podcast, if, if, you, if you followed me for any length of time, I use that phrase. And it doesn't just mean that you're some freak show, 6% bodybuilder freak that, that gets looks in the community. Being the freak in the room means that you were doing things that goes against the grain, against the norm, against the standard that this corrupt, polluted society goes through on a daily basis. And what has made us the most broken, weak, diseased, obese culture of humanity in our existence. So by way of doing the things that Kevin and Jody and myself, and if you're listening to this, if you're doing this, or if you decide I'm going to go down this path today, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. You're a freak now. Hell yeah, you're a freak because you're going to find yourself in situations where you think, well, it's a little tougher to be social because everybody thinks I'm what? You <laughs> think you're a freak. What do you mean all you eat is... Uh, meat and eggs and fish and, you know, yogurt and cheese. What are you talking about? What do you mean you can't have this? What do you mean you're not going to eat that? What do you mean? Come on, have a drink. What happened to, you know, the fun Sally or the fun John? How come you're not going to get hammered with me? Because you've made a stand to become the best possible version of yourself you can possibly be. And the change starts now. Not tomorrow, not Monday, not after I eat all the shit in my house. You're different. You're the freak in the room. You want to know why I'm not a freaking millionaire? Because I've never sold out. Because I know that if 10 people hire me, odds are only one or two are going to stay along with me and sustain what we're doing. Because it's hard. And it's not the technology. It's not the plan. When I tell you what the plan is, when I, I just got done telling you what Kevin and Jody, and this is what scores of other clients of mine have done over the years, who've gotten ridiculous results. I've got more than 10 clients in my history who have lost over 100 pounds and kept it off and gotten even better. And when I tell you what it takes, it sounds simple, doesn't it? What did Kevin and Jody just do to lose 40 pounds in two months and completely change their physiology, change their life, change their mental state, the way they operate, the way they do things, the way they look at life, the way they engage life. They worked out three days a week for 30 minutes. They did four days of 30 to 40 minutes of cardio and they ate an animal based diet. Wow. Magic freaking pill. Anybody? Am I withholding the secret sauce that gets me to 10% body fat at 200, round, 200 pounds and lean and fit year round at 54 years old? No, I just gave it to you. But now you need to do it. You need to apply it. You need to become that freak in the room that regardless of the circumstances that you're facing, that you follow through and you stay dedicated and devoted to the path, not motivated. I don't want to, I don't want to talk to you about motivation. Motivation is bullshit. It's about being dedicated. It's about being devoted and knowing that there may be times where you have a nutritional transgression or a moment of weakness, but you're able to shake that shit off, jump right back on the horse and gallop away at a full sprint, ready to go back to war against a culture that has lied to you, that has manipulated you and has taken you down a path to be a subservient, weak, mindless sheep. And you now say no. Welcome to the Freak Show. We're happy to have you. So if you have any interest in doing this or being a freak, hey, I'm available. That's what I do. I coach. Join the tier one teams. 
phenomenal workouts, very affordable. Now there's a new nutrition plan. I can help you. I made that affordable. It's only 29 bucks a month. And I did that on purpose recently. I actually changed the rate of that subscription from 49 to 29, 100% just so I could get the information to more people because we're in the business of changing lives and this groundswell of ancestral health primal principles, the carnivore diet, the ketogenic diet, you know, living animal based. It's a return to our ancestral path when optimum thriving health was the norm. But also the norm back then was some struggle, some difficulty. It took hard work to survive every single day, every single day waking up. It was fight or flight, life or death. But that kind of living tempers us. And when you have a success through great struggle, the taste of that success is far more savory than if you didn't work for it at all, if it was just handed to you. And good health and a lean, fit body will never be handed to you. There will never be anything that will make that instantly happen. You have to work for it and fight for it every single day. If you don't want to work for me, then do the research yourself. There's lots out there. If you don't want to work for me, find a coach locally where you're at, but do your homework. Make sure that they stand for these same principles and they understand it. There's a million people going to tell you a million different ways. If you've been listening to this, I've been talking now for 56 minutes and 23 seconds. If you're still listening, then you're part of the freaks. And I'm so glad to have you. So anyway, hey, for coming on today and pushing the record button with zero agenda, I hope this wasn't just too much mindless spouting. I hope that it resonated with you. I just wanted to give you some further insight to where my crazy head's at, what I think. And uh, if anything at all, I hope you at least understand that I have a real passion for this and I do truly care about you. My podcast listeners are my most loyal group of people out there in terms of the, you know, the way that we communicate online, whether it be YouTube or Twitter or Instagram, you know, reels or whatever, my, my old school podcast listeners, I mean, we've got over a hundred thousand downloads of this crazy ass podcast in just 34 episodes. And I'm so humbled and honored by that. And regularly the, the, the people that reach out to me and say, Hey, I appreciate what you're doing. Eight out of 10 of those people are always my podcast people. So thank you so much. You guys are freaking amazing. And I'm really, truly searching for ways that I can take this podcast to greater levels and, and bring you more education and more experience and more insight to where you can improve yourself and be the best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So until the next one, I guess that'll be episode 36, um, which by the way, today is Tuesday the 20th of September. Tomorrow, I'm going on yet another camping trip. And I will be shooting some video out there. I'm taking the GoPro. So uh, it's actually just me and my wife. My daughter will not be there. So it'll be a more relaxing, laid back time. I will still be rucking every day. I will still be working out at, at you know, out in the woods every day. And uh, the only thing we're taking with us is, yep, you guessed it, a whole bunch of meat. So... <laughs> Uh, I'll be reporting in from the campsite. So maybe episode 36 might be some highlights for me living as primal as I possibly can in this modern period out in the woods by a lake in the cool fall temperatures and uh, escaping all the bullshit for a few days. So I look forward to being back at some point next week, back on another podcast and uh, I appreciate it. Hey, um, we've got sponsors. Uh, go to uh, the notes below, Element Nutrition, the electrolyte drink, amazing company. If you use my link, you get free product with any purchase. I love animal pack supplements. I've been taking them since 1994. You can get 10% off anything from Animal Pack using my code 10RGF. And uh, also 
tier one coaching. That's my coaching platform that is extremely affordable. It, uh, you choose your team, you choose your, choose your method of operation. And now, as mentioned, we have a carnivore coaching subscription. It's only $29 a month. You can cancel anytime. So if you want to walk down the same path that myself and so many others have walked down and achieved amazing success, then join us there as well. RobGoodwin.com. Follow me on Instagram, RobGoodwinOfficial. And until next time train hard, diet harder, and above all, have a fantastic day.